are about to enter a world of pain, suffering, and laughter. What's that, Jeff? I guess it's the beginning of Worst Gig Ever. I'm Mike Pace. I'm Jeff Garlock. Welcome to the podcast. It's the show where you get to hear stories of fast <laughs> failure from A-list celebrities. You got that right. Nothing but, nothing but bad gigs from great people. And this week, we have drummer. Danny Lee Allen, you may know him from the drums from mm-hmm. We Are Scientists. He also played in an Australian group called Youth Group. I know him from that. Not Youth Crew. This is not. Uh, a, it's uh, hard to not say Youth Crew. But uh, uh, Danny has some amazing stories. He tells us it's all about the land down under. Yeah. And playing with men at work. I, I was going to see if you're going to keep guys, going with guys, the lyrics, and you didn't, and we're kind of proud of you for that. These guys, uh, they were they were men down under, um, <laughs> and but there's some there's a lot of there's a lot of culture culture shock on this one. Culture shock and culture rock, and uh, stories about that culture rock. Uh, we get them all. And you know where else you can get all of these stories of culture rock? <laughs> where can you get all these stories of culture the worst rock? Worst gig ever, Tumblr. Worst page. gig ever, podcast.tumblr.com. That's right. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Find us on Facebook. Write us, worst gig ever at gmail.com. Tweet us at Mike E. Pace, at G. Garlock, at worst gig ever. Tons of great shite. You have so many options to express your shite towards us. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so do And it. so please do that. Uh, but until then, listen to this episode. Mookish! <laughs> Handball! The one that... I, there's probably worse ones than this, but the one that came to mind straight off the bat when I first thought, you know of a worse gig was a youth group show my australian band uh we yeah got signed to epitaph in 2005 and just started coming over and playing a lot of shows Mm -hmm. and one of the tours there was just like a uh you know some fill-in shows because they didn't want us to be here spending like spending money on us they're like well you might as well be playing which is Mm kind of crazy especially when you played a poughkeepsie to zero people on a (laughs) sunday night it was like uh, one of those shows where it was just New York State shows that they were filling in yeah. time with. Yeah. Uh, Albany. I can't even remember yeah. where else we play, but um, yeah, the they bug were all. The Bug Jar in Rochester. The Bug Jar in Rochester, yeah. <laughs> they were all really bad, but the Kipsy <laughs> one was a Sunday night, and we had to double back past somewhere we'd already been, and we were just like, can't we just tell them we had a flat tire or whatever? <laughs> we had our tour manager ringing the booking agent, and they were like, we'd really appreciate it if you make it to this show. So we get to the venue, and the guy. There's a guy, we're, you know, banging on the door. There's a guy in the venue, but he's just there cleaning. He didn't even know that there was a show on. And then he just starts, like, kicking stuff around. They didn't tell me nothing, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so another band turned up, and they played, and they left during our show, and there was zero oh, payers. Shit. Underneath us, there was a metal show that had apparently, like, I don't know, 11 payers or something. But there must have been a lot of guest spots because there was a lot of kids down yeah. there. But, right. And so, I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was it was funny to us in the end, but yeah, that was that was just immediately the worst. I mean, it was basically a rehearsal that we didn't even want to do. Sure. Well, it was where a was the, as well? Was where like, was the promoter in this that he really wanted you to be there so bad? And then yeah, well, exactly. I don't know. The, but see, the booking at the time, the booking agent we were on was like CAA, right? Who is huge, yeah, right? And that was a favor to our management because they had Jet. So, uh-huh. were, so our management was like, well, well, we'll give you Jet if you take on this band. But they didn't Power care about jet. us at all. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So this is after, and we'll go back a ways, but you guys uh, are on Epitaph Records in the States. You, at, at this point, have you had the big song in, in Australia? Um, no, at that point we okay. hadn't, no. Yeah. But and you, is this Epitaph proper? It was, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Well, we signed to Epitaph. I mean, we were like, shouldn't we be on Anti, you know? Right. It like, seems Indian. He was like, Brett Gurwitz, like the yeah. bad religion guitarist, right. he was like, nope, 
this is, you know, this is, you should be on Epitaph, you know. Right. It was really funny. Part of the contract was to agree to be on Punkorama compilation. I was yeah. going to just ask, were you out of Punkorama yeah. And we And, like, when, when, you know, I had a couple of those when I was growing up. Sure. And, and we were like, all right. Yeah. Because we were an indie band, like, you know, solid indie band. You right. Know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's weird that we, we toured with the Get Up Kids. We, had, we just had a relationship with these, like, punk emo bands for some reason. Sure. I guess. Uh, maybe it was just a lyrical thing. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. What Fred, number Punkorama were you? Number 10. <laughs> I think it was like track one or two as well. Like, yeah. Really it was right there. And they got a lot of hate mail and stuff. Oh, yeah. like, but he liked it. He was like, yeah. oh, you know, whatever. Punk's dead at the moment. So, you know, <laughs> I believe in this stuff. And right. If it incites the fans, it's good. And we're like, all right, whatever. Is this before or after the Greg, uh, Greg Gaffin or Graffin? Gaffin, the singer of Bad yeah. Religion, was caught masturbating on a webcam to some uh, what? some female fan. You got, no. Do you guys don't remember this? Was that, was Punk that Nugget? Roulette? No, this was like, I would say this was probably around like 2006 oh, or so. I don't remember that. And it, it, if either. you Google G- Greg Graffin, like Greg mass, Gaffin. Greg Gaffin, Gaffin, whatever. Yes. Never, never was into his voice. Oh, actually. I always yeah, yeah. loved his voice. Oh, yeah. I loved his yeah, use of like humongous <laughs> vocabulary. <laughs> well, he was a professor. He was a professor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was just showing off from day one. Yeah. Mm. Um, so you guys, uh, just, I, I, you're going to have to put in perspective the success that you got in Australia with youth group yeah, yeah. versus then coming to the States and playing Poughkeepsie to no one on a Sunday night when you're right. on Epitaph and you have a tour manager and like, yeah, you yeah, well, should be beyond this point. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, for us, it's it's like even, you know, well, we, we were doing those tours when things were, we were still a pretty relatively small cult indie mm-hmm. band in Australia. And it was, uh, it was, uh, it was around 2006 where... The OC, we ended up getting a few songs on that, and then, uh, uh, you know, there weren't many Australian bands, if any, at the time. I think I think there was a New Zealand band that even had songs on the OC, so right. it was a big yeah. deal in Australia, you know. And we were touring with Death Cab a lot. Actually, Death Cab had probably for the I listener, think, Death Cab for Q. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Chris Waller, I think, was the whole reason. You know, he was like championing us right. a lot in America, right. and uh, I think it was like something to do with that that even got us it was like we through that just you know word of mouth stuff we got a tour with Coldplay and then someone who worked for Coldplay worked for Epitaph Europe and then they were going to sign us and then Brick Grewitz was like no we want to they're coming to America and all this yeah. it was a really exciting time so it was wait Coldplay in Australia yes, or Coldplay? Okay. yeah it was a cold yeah Coldplay we toured a lot of big well, bands at the time one of the worst gigs as well was a Kings of Leon support tour that we did <laughs> in Auckland where we got pelted with coins. Ooh. What? What? By the... Because you were openers? I don't know was... if it was because we were Australian and they were, and it was a New Zealand crowd okay. or if we were just not rock enough or whatever yeah. it was, you know? Right. But yeah. It was, you know, yeah. Literally. It wasn't just like a, a healthy, you know... Right. Let's, let's excitedly throw things it's like on a two pounds like no <laughs> coins. Yeah. How long did it take for those coins to start kicking in? Was it from the get-go or was it... No, no, it wasn't. It was just like re- it wasn't. It was a horrible crowd as right. well. Like they were, they were just you know brutal all the way through Kings of Leon as well. Mm. Like fights in the crowd was just was pretty ugly. Right. But um, and it was an arena crowd too. It was. It was like. It's like I think that was our first New Zealand show as well. So we were yeah, jeez, like, it got a lot better after that. But, but uh, it's interesting that you like. I, you would equate it to sort of being like the biggest band in a, in a small city mm-hmm. that oh, that opens for everyone when they come through. Like you're the biggest band yeah. in Omaha or something, <laughs> right. but you're the biggest band or, you know, one of the bigger bands in Australia. Well, yeah, so you're supporting. Time, it was like, you know, yeah, especially on the Coldplay. Th- well, actually, funnily enough, yeah, now I'm getting timelines mixed up <laughs> because so we did a cover of Forever Young, yeah, the Alphaville right. song for the OC which we like literally just knocked out at the beginning of a recording session and was like, great, to appease Epitaph. Because yeah. they were like, we, you know, we were like, oh, I don't know about this, you know. And they, punk they, bands they and like, labels love covers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, can't get enough of them. The no effects so, version of it. So did the Australian public. Yeah. Right. It, was, it was just one of those weird planets aligning thing. We had a, we had a clip that our... Ex bass player and manager just threw together of like seventies skateboarders in Sydney that yeah. was, it became iconic and they did a where are they now thing of all these kids was, <laughs> and it just yeah it went crazy and you know went went to number one and actually when we toured with Coldplay it was already massive so wow. it was it was cool for us to do those huge shows and have people actually come early to see us as yeah. a support band and Coldplay were actually really good to us they gave us 
they, they let us t- take the house lights down when we played and stuff like oh, that. Oh, nice. <laughs> Which apparently is a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was, I was just looking at a clip of you guys performing mm. on some uh, Australian morning show. Oh, uh, yeah. And they were saying that, this, that Forever Young was in the top ten for four months. Yeah, over yeah. There. It was, that's it was, that's like incomprehensible. To, it was yeah. it was like, and especially considering we were, like I said, a cultish sort of indie band. It was almost like once the snowball started gathering momentum, yeah. people were just like, "Yeah, let's get behind these guys," yeah. you know, like right, yeah. And um, I mean, yeah, it was really it was really fun. We were actually touring America when we found out it was number two. It had uh-huh. entered the charts at two, and we were like, "This is <laughs> that's crazy." And then. Three weeks later, it went to number one. So. That's, and we were actually yeah. recording in LA at the time. That was my 30th birthday. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's when I thought my life was over at 27. <laughs> that's, that's weird. I always thought you were much younger. Yeah, actually. no, I'm, I'm 37 now. Oh, okay, okay. So, so when you guys started in like 98, right? So 97, yeah, yeah, 98? Yeah, 99, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it was kind of in a fallow period for rock music mm-hmm. especially in, in australia jesus yeah. yeah i mean australian bands did not get signed and stuff it was the vines actually who were friends of ours and they took us on our first american tour uh-huh. that that changed everything in australia bands right. started getting signed from america you know yeah yeah like well, the wait, internet I'm trying to as think well of like who are the big like the vines jet the, the vines still play i mean nowadays i don't even you know i mean band wise i'm pretty out of touch i've right. been living here for a while but um yeah. The Temper Trap were huge for a while. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that there are a lot, actually, but yeah. There's a lot of Australian I, I, I DJs at the moment. Yeah, really I don't, big. I mean, Goitier AC is Australian. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. I know some killer metal bands from Tasmania. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's like, but even still, just the general like climate of what was going on, like but 1980, back then, yeah, like, it was like, it was I dire straight. This is why, like, you know, for us to even get signed in America and be able to have them you know, bring us over and pay us tour support and right. have us here for like three months at a time or whatever was really exciting. So like having said, you know, that Poughkeepsie show was a bummer that night, but it was still p- kind of cool to be like, yeah. right. I still, I always seem to find like a bit of enjoyment. Even, I mean, sometimes the worse it is, it's like, <laughs> well, sure. you know, the idea, the, I think what Jeff and I can relate to is like for you, the Poughkeepsie, um, because Poughkeepsie is so close to where we live. I was live. also an electrician for 10 years before I got to just like tour around. Yeah. Right. So, so, so whatever, so yeah, like that's, <laughs> whatever that works. would be the equivalent of like us playing in, or, you know, one of our bands playing like Montana on a Tuesday night. Right. And Right. You don't even you know no one's going to yeah, be yeah, there, right, yeah. so you use the well. show as a practice space, and it's almost like well, you know, you keep your expectations low, right? So it and usually it's sort of at the in the first week and a half of the tour, so you're not questioning what you're doing <laughs> right. by that point. Yeah, I can't remember what we're doing after that as well, but those shows were something to do before something else cool that was coming out. So I can't even remember. Yeah, right. maybe it was the start of the Death Cab for Cutie tour. Yeah, I yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, that but was. Yeah. So we were just like, eh, well, well, we right. did a similar <laughs> thing. Right. Yeah, when we did like a, we did a three week tour with We Are Scientists in the UK, yeah, yeah. and all of the shows with them were, of course, like amazing in terms yeah. of. And, but then we plugged in all of the oft, and there were only right. three or four of them, um, uh, just because we were losing our ass on yeah, the whole yeah, tour. Yeah, we totally. needed to we get done, whatever we, we did could. a lot of those. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it's that going from playing in front of you know three thousand people to one night to then like a 20, twenty-five people, you know, and someone <laughs> vomiting at the foot of the stage, right. like you know, a deft uh, reminder of your place <laughs> in the world. Exactly. Yeah, rock. And you also, I was just reading that, like you learned to play drums for. Youth group, yeah, right, yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah, wait, yeah. so he's, so you were an electrician, yeah, for ten. Like, in, well, I, was, yeah. was there any music like before? I was playing. Yeah, youth group was happening during when I was an electrician. Okay, and um, I was playing in another. I was playing guitar in another band called the City Lights, like a garage rock band. Mm-hmm. Both of those had. I mean, the City Lights. We played on a national. You know, we played on. A, there was a TV talk show called Rove, which was like a. A late night type thing, but uh-huh. only really had, you know, the guests to warrant one night a week. Right. But they, you know, they were pretty big guests. The night we were on, it was like Cindy Lauper, and I don't know, you know, it was, it was uh-huh. decent that one night. Right, right. And yeah, the City Lights played on that. And I remember the night that I went and did that, uh, I, the night before, I actually worked overtime on my site uh-huh. to, uh, <laughs> You know, and I remember everyone being like, "Man, we can't wait to watch you like flying down to Melbourne. You're gonna be on this yeah. thing." So yeah, there was a lot of that stuff. I people definitely knew, and youth group had songs on the radio 
consistently by the time I left my job. So my yeah. boss, everybody knew. It right. Was, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm assuming then that uh, youth group got to be a full-time thing. Yeah. And then when you get this, this success in Australia, how does that change? I mean, is it like, a, is there a financial windfall involved with having yeah, a, like is like a song a, in the top a 10 A big for success one? there. Like, what does that equal oh, to? Unfortunately, like, it was a cover. So, I mean, we, oh, did, right. we did get a few syncs, which were, that was right at the, the period when we were just getting out of it being a sellout sort of thing. Uh-huh. I think even in Australia, it's, there's still a really weird indie thing where people just hang on to that stuff, you know. Right. But uh, we certainly, I mean, we were, we were reluctant to do a lot of that sort of stuff um, before Epitaph sort of coaxed us into the Forever Young thing because then we were like, oh, okay, I guess if all these other bands are playing on the OC, then oh, right. things are changing. Yeah. Right. But um, yeah, and then of course, I mean, nowadays it would just be like, Whatever, <laughs> whatever yeah. I can get paid to do. Yeah. So, so there was there was a period of time where you could kind of, uh, um, you know, have a go at it. I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Yeah, 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 for sure. And we were lucky that it coincided with actually having a record release, you know, a deal here and yeah. Epitaph were great for us. I mean, uh, you know, we were on Epitaph for like over two years, I think. Yeah, and then we got signed to World's Fair, uh-huh. which uh, just collapsed. On the eve yeah, of our tour. Oh, really? <laughs> What's World's Fair? I don't. It was a label. Yeah. Was that like a, a vanity label, or was that was um, it a subsidiary of a major or it, something? I can't even remember to yeah. be honest. You know, I should know. But, uh, <laughs> well, it, I, I think. I mean, I feel like maybe not. Maybe that's why they kind of. Right. It, originally, they were mainly a booking agency. I think. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, but they had, you know, a lot of artists. That... Well, what happened with Epitaph that, did you, was it just like uh, you had one record with an option for a second or something? And yeah, then, yeah. And, and they then... took the option, and then just after that, they were just like, uh, I don't know, you know, we're having trouble getting you on the radio, and it's right. just too expensive to keep you in America. They yeah. were like, we don't even have bands that we pay tour support to like we do to you because... They were paying us, you know, per diems and our accommodation and right. everything, you know, for our tours. That was, you know, supplementing everything. Yeah. I guess it was pretty expensive. It's, right. it's just, it's fascinating because we kind of grew up with that, with, you know, Epitaph in like, you know, yeah. the, the, the mid 90s. So speak, and the label was, had a, you know, a very identifiable totally. sound. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was yeah. into that for a while. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting just at that period, like you're saying, like 05, which by that point, I'm, I think we're both way out of like, What's We're going on with the level label? <laughs> but yeah, the, no, I don't even really know so either. Like, but oh, ten foot pole was a good yeah. band. <laughs> but that's the the weird thing is that you know we were much more suited to the offshoot anti, yeah. Right? And uh, you know the weaker bands were on there, and they, mm-hmm. they 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 had a lot of like it seemed like similar bands, right? And, and older acts like Marianne Faithful and Tom Waits, yeah, yeah, yeah. Else. Nick Cave, that yeah, one yeah. Record. And it was cool, but I don't know, they, yeah. How we were just like it doesn't seem like it's helping. Yeah, they were. Vigilant about how it. did they? Know. How did they get? I mean, had they been tracking the career, or how did you met, meet Mr. Brett? Yeah, ultimately. Um, yeah, I think it was uh, through. Basically, we were going to get signed to Epitaph Europe, and then they had to, you know, send it through um, Epitaph like right. proper for you know just to you know um, get confirmation on you know what they wanted to do and stuff. And then Brett really really liked it and was just like, like yeah, just super behind us and hands-on as well you know like we hung out with him a lot in la and he took us to the movies and stuff <laughs> wine yeah. and dine yeah movies. hung out at his house and like the the first night we got to la uh he had a party like you know has mr brett's house but i didn't it's great yeah <laughs> it's, it's really good he did well yeah, sure. actually my 30th birthday was a show at spaceland uh-huh. that was just a warm-up for a coachella spot that we were doing uh-huh and uh yeah, it was like probably a week after we'd con- been confirmed number one in Australia and we were recording in LA. Oof. It was a very exciting yeah. time. And, um, and my birthday party was just all, I mean, Brett invited all these people. It was like Jason <laughs> Lee and Rancid were there and all these. <laughs> it was so LA. And yeah. none of them knew me, but Fat they all sang happy right? birthday yeah. to me after we played, you know. <laughs> they made me a big pirate cake. I don't know what the reference was there. But <laughs> that was... Uh, no, I it was, get it. It was it's super Punk exciting. and Drublick, I guess. Yeah. There's some, <laughs> something going on. But yeah, yeah. That's... Um, no, it was a great yeah. relationship. They were really great to us and made us feel really special. And then I feel like they must have given it a good shot. I don't know. Did, I mean, they, did they package you with other Epitaph bands to try to tour with? Not or? really, no. no. None of that really yeah. happened. I don't it's, know. Um, yeah. it's just, I it's, mean, I have, uh, I have a lot of, uh, you know like ideas for things right. that could have happened but I just have to assume they 
were, I mean, not wasting money on us. And, yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm just, it's, it's just kind of fascinating that they were really trying to do something different at yeah. this point, you know, at, yeah. at kind of an odd time. Right. You know, uh, in their, in their history, I would say. Yeah. yeah. That must have made it a lot harder, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, so with, so with youth group, I mean, it was, uh, for peace, right? Mm. For and was it a kind of a democratic thing? Yeah, we, yeah. definitely. And yeah. the singer and I started the band, okay. so we were, and then, <clears throat> yeah, and then we had the original bass player kind of discovered the vines, right? Because he was just starting a label, and then got their demo and ended up managing them, and you know everything, and he, you know, um, and so he left to do that. You know, but he was mm-hmm. like, I promise, you know, it's going right. to be worth it. You know, this band's going to be huge. Yeah. And at the time, we were just like, oh, whatever. I mean, <laughs> with, you know, really no idea of, because it just didn't happen then. Yeah. Right. But yeah, it was pretty mind blowing. And, and, you know, you always hear stories about American bands going to Australia and they're being like really appreciative audiences because it is, you know, so far away. Yeah. What's it like for a local band? To be when you're starting out and you're playing kind of whatever basement shows or community centers, like what's the, what's the vibe oh, yeah, like? Yeah. Hey, actually, another one. Every time we went to San Diego, for some reason, we did this community center on the outskirts of Check town. Cafe. It was like a cafe type. It was Check like, Cafe. It's at that's at USSD, right? Yeah, it's it's on the college campus, but it's like the like punk club, like right. like it's where the whole San Diego scene. Yeah. Was. Well, well, we had terrible. Shows <laughs> I don't think time. I actually ever had a good necessarily. And it was just a really weird cafe. vibe. It'd be like we'd be there and there's nothing around there. And yep. We're like, you know, it's one of those things that you just have to hang around until you play. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. We always play the Casbah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we, we were always like, why too. don't we play the Casbah? Yeah, the Casbah was never. Yeah, Shea Cafe yeah. was more. Well, I played that yeah. millions of uh, times now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Casbah yeah. actually, yeah, was never the best. Even with High on Fire, it was still kind of like. You know, it's like a cool club. It's a great small room. You think like this could be perfect. We just never really had great luck there. Yeah. Right. Um, but so so yeah. So what's the what's the like? I guess especially when you're st- when you guys are starting out before you're playing bigger places like ninety eight, ninety nine, well, like, and, and also like what I I mean I, I I was you know playing in this band with an Australian guy and he was kind of talking like I mean like how many how many cities are there to play? Yeah, in Australia. Like, well, yeah. I mean, there's you know there's there's I mean I guess it's a little different these days. Um, you know, flying. And cheaper flights makes it a bit easier. Right. When we first started, we had to drive everywhere. It was like 12 hours right. between Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah. Right. You know, and I mean, I remember like even getting, everyone had these Tarago vans and that was like a sign that, you know, if you were driving around in one of those, like, you know, you were, at, you know, you weren't, you had reached the next right. level. Mm-hmm. And I remember these kids like actually telling us once that we were like oh you got a tarago now you think you're all like <laughs> like we had to dr- to take you know an extra day off work right you know yeah drive up here just to play two shows like 12 hours each and way, there's no you know place I mean? to play in between is it just like desolate it's like uh, yeah yeah outback yeah. funnily enough one of the other worst shows that we've ever played was one of the only times we did try and fill in some shows between sydney and brisbane we played this place called gladstone that was just on the side of a highway. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds a lot like Keith's uh, like Long Island thing where they were promising, you know. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah when they played the fest, yeah. It yeah. ended up being a double set scenario. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't realize we got there. <laughs> and, you know, accommodation was part of the thing, except they were, it was like weekend detention. It looked like, they looked like cell blocks and everything was chained down. It was, it was so grim, it was unbelievable. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, when we got to this place, there was just like the local... Local, you know, I mean, some regions of Queensland can be like, <laughs> right. pretty scary. And, uh, yeah, there was, like, literally a guy sitting at the bar with a bandaged hand, <laughs> drinking, like, just out of, straight from the bottle, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rough you know, crowd. Jack Daniels or whatever, yeah. And we were like, we got to play here? I mean, yeah. <laughs> did you find that go- place or did someone else find yeah, it? Yeah, this, I don't know. That was a... We had this local, yeah, just got in touch with some local right. promoter dude that was like, oh, I can get you shows between here and Brisbane, you know, like, we did Got a vibrant scene here. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that one was, it was, I mean, it started off one of the worst shows and it was legitimately scary when we right. started playing and they did not want us in there. It was almost like they were like, what are you doing in our local bar right. on a Friday or, right. you know, Friday or Saturday, I can't remember. And, uh <laughs> They just, in between songs, just kept yelling out for covers. They just kept going, like, Credence, you know, like, <laughs> of course, whatever. yeah, yeah. And then, um, so, it was, like, towards the end of the first set, 
we uh, <laughs> we sort of took a break. At that point, we were a three piece, and uh, our singer was like, "Do you know?" Like he's like, "I used to I used to play some Credence in high school." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Maybe we should just try it." And um, and our bass player was like, "We were just literally standing there." Sort of humming the baseline to uh, "Have you ever seen the rain?" Yeah. Right, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, I think I can do it." And then so we just played it, and it went down like fantastically. Gangbusters. <laughs> and um, and then afterwards, uh, someone went the violent femmes, and then out singer Toby yeah. started playing "Blister in the Sun," uh-huh. and I just started going along with it as a joke. Right. And then we ended up playing that as well. <laughs> brought the house down, and then you know, I can't remember if we played another cover, but. By that time, we took a break, and then they were just up for whatever we wanted. Yeah, so then right. we played our own songs yeah, so you, at the end, and it ended up being audience, like yeah. everyone got really drunk and like were dancing. I mean, it was a pretty wild show, but like that sounds sort of like a best gig. It ever. did like, turn into, into yeah. it did turn in. Well, That's I mean, a rarity. Got, we got accepted by the locals, right. which is m- way more than you can ask for. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Were there any? Were there any like normal fans there? Like God, at no. all? Not so it's the type of thing. Close. It doesn't even sound like the show was even advertised. Like oh, no, some yeah, guy yeah, was yeah. like, "I'll put you on." Yeah, like, no. yeah. And I get, f- I would get so stressed. Like, I would have like a panic attack. I think like those types of situations. <laughs> yeah. Like that was one of the problems with that three week UK tour that Panthers did because it felt like a lot of the shows weren't necessarily punk or even the world. Yeah, that we would be playing, and so you, it did feel like when you're playing at just like a bar, you're just like the music. Yeah, yeah. Background, and it felt crazy. And like I don't even. I would get comf- uncomfortable on tour if we were like. I remember once stopping at some like Mexican restaurant in like Texas and like the cook wanted a CD and I was just like, I don't know if you want it, man. Like it was one of those deals, but he wanted it really bad and we sold it. But like I get so uncomfortable in those situations that like I just can't deal. I mean, Godspeed to you. I would have crumbled trying to play a Credence cover. But then you think about it and then it's definitely more you than it is. Oh, it's me completely. We had had absolutely nothing to lose that night. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's a unique, I don't know if we've ever heard a worst gig become a best yeah, gig. Yeah, that's right. a, and that's with a rarity. The two sets, it really was like this two the, sets yeah, the, is a nightmare. <laughs> we, we were we've like, we've never done before. that. I don't well, even I, know if we I, we wouldn't have even had enough material if we didn't put a few covers. I don't think anyway. a band has played two sets since like 1986. The only like, bands just, that do that are my, my like, best friend's cover bands. <laughs> when Black Flag, like that yeah, was it. Like, like you never hear about bands playing two sets anymore. Yeah, it was yeah. like it's definitely an antiquated. I love the idea of we are scientists doing two sets, especially back then as well. You know. Yeah, it's, it's just so weird. I mean, I get like, I don't know, even the longer sets in Europe, I get, but like, yeah, the two set thing is such a. Well, I've I've told the story on the show before. <laughs> yeah, no, right. it's we, so weird. We Oxford Collapse played a festival at Tufts University. Uh, it was there called their Spring Fling. It was the end of the semester party kind of band. Spring, they're flinging. Yeah, they're stuff flinging. Around. Yeah, but it was um, Spoon. Ti the rapper. Oh, right. Lupe Fiasco the rapper. Oh, wow. Us. And like the local band. And we were on a a tiny stage right next to the large stage. Right. Like literally. So like, you know, Lupe Fiasco would come and do his set. And then we'd play for like 20 minutes. And then Spoon would go on and play their set. Uh, Then we would play again for 20 minutes. We were sort of the house band. (laughs) And of course, T.I. was like 45 minutes late. So the woman's on the side of the stage giving us the sign. Like, keep playing. (laughs) The crowd is wasted. It had rained the night before. People are throwing mud at one another. We're playing songs again. Nobody cares. Like, they're loving it just because it's loud noise that they can like run around to yeah um but uh that was the closest i think we ever came to like the multiple sets <laughs> in a day thing um so so what's the status it sounds like you uh uh i was i keep wanting to say youth crew as i know yeah, i youth want to club. say it too really um, but that the, the, the band never um really youth group and never really broke up or ended what's, well, like, no, what's we, the status we, we like uh we decided to take a hiatus some of the guys had kids and stuff and it was like after the yeah after the album that had the big single in australia uh we you know did a follow-up to that which we like really took our time with and did mm-hmm. it exactly how we wanted we like made this studio on the harbor in in sydney and it was really beautiful and we just spent three months there going like you know, we'll just, just record every day and record everything and then, <laughs> right. like, you know, edit stuff and do it. Piece like, it together later, man. Yeah. yeah. Right as we recorded. That was the idea. And uh, What could never, possibly go wrong? Exactly, yeah. yeah. It was, it was never not, done that, by the way. It was not what the fans of the previous Top 10 album right. were into. And, yeah, so after that... Yeah, had you ever done that style? No. 
Just cause my my guitarist always tried to do that. It was based, and on, I was always like, "No, why don't we just write it? Uh, we don't have money." Well, the album yeah. that was the one that people bought most of, and the one I guess that Epitaph pushed the most as well, um, which is not everyone's favorite. Uh, that that one had great demos, mm-hmm. and you know the album almost should have just been those demos that we recorded one weekend in this house. You know, it was just a, it wasn't you know it was too low fire or whatever. Yeah. But um, so we were trying to capture that approach and it yeah, would have been like the collective soul record what if they they ju- they did demos and then i that's what the story i always heard justin Chandler, i think told me that they did the demos for collective souls one guy yeah and then they tried to record it with the band and then the it, label was like no put out the demos and yeah, then yeah. that became they're like yeah yeah <laughs> fucking really that's a yeah demo. so but yeah and i i uh, another nice uh, anecdote like that is when Bruce Springsteen apparently the story goes when Bruce Springsteen put you know submitted Nebraska yeah. oh Nebraska uh, yeah, right. you know the uh, the head of CBS whatever is like you recorded this in your garage on a four track we'll do our best right <laughs> like and then of course that becomes you know can you imagine Clarence so, just wailing yeah, over that like, I mean I'm a huge Gotta Buy Voices fan yeah. probably like my favorite band of all time I'm, I'm obsessed so I was like yes let's release yeah. right. demos but you know our manager was always, that, I mean we were yeah, they were like, no, no, you're becoming a big band now. You have to, you it's, know. It's the type of but move. But we were never that kind of band. Well, that's like, the thing. Right? It's a type of move that a certain type of band can pull off. Yeah. It's, you know, the given the luxury of having previous successes and like, it's like a Metallica thing, you yeah. know, like. We uh, had no idea. We yeah. were like, I don't know. Are we? Maybe. And Epitaph <laughs> put out that <laughs> follow up as well? Yeah. 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 But no, oh, no, no, not the last one. Epitaph put out. So we had one album in Australia that got deleted, and then we only re-released it because when we started taking off, people were mm-hmm. selling it for like $100 on eBay yeah. or whatever, and we're like, that is right. not necessary. Right. Um, but then, so the second album is actually, we're going to re-release that next year. It's a 10th year anniversary. All right. That's the one that everyone heard, and that's what got us signed, yeah. and that's what Chris Waller was like, you know, yeah. fell in love with and all that right. sort of stuff. Um, and... So, we're, yeah, we're probably going to record some new stuff for that next year. So, yeah, we took a break when everyone started having kids after the last album. We were touring America and we were mm-hmm. just like, eh, I don't know, everyone's yeah. not really feeling into it. And I was just like moving to New York by that stage. Okay. I had a visa and I was like, I'm not going back. And, right. You know, you guys can do whatever you want. But I was not even really thinking about music at the time. I, was, I just wanted to – I spent so long in Australia – wanting to travel and do all this stuff and the band was always like no it's just things are just getting a little there was just such a like minute right uh, step forward every you know that tiny little increment <laughs> over like 10 years well you know i'm glad that i did stick with it yeah. because it, it did lead eventually to what i wanted to do is just like sure. traveling now live in new york and yeah, yeah things been right it's the gamble i think that's like a comment too like of just like you've got that like it's those little bits that, like, in your case, it sounds like they're probably bigger bits than in my well, case. Well, I mean, I feel like there was, like, like, a lot of bands in Australia that we love, that we grew up with, that were better than others. We loved them, you know. Right. And they were our friends, and they weren't there all the time to capitalize on these little things. We were there for yeah. the whole time. Right. You know what I mean? We yeah. didn't take a break ever. Right. And um, I feel like that was the difference between us and them. But it sounds so, but it's youth group definitely got the chance to see, I'm assuming you guys toured also in Europe yeah, and yeah. maybe Japan or whatever. No, we um, never did Asia, unfortunately. Really? Which is weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so always close. the idea of like, oh, we'll do Japan and Australia. I know. That, yeah, yeah, double. Yeah. that was always the grand idea yeah. well, that they do the math. It was a very touch and go thing with Epitaph. I remember them talking about releases in japan and we were mm-hmm. like yes <laughs> definitely i mean yeah. it makes sense and then for some reason i don't think they did it oh wait so. a second i think i just thought of another epitaph or might have been a fat records australian band frenzel rom oh, yeah they're good right? friends of mine yeah, there you yeah, go yeah. <laughs> what now, i, I yeah. don't think i've ever heard them but they were what did they come out late 90s i remember seeing their like names what punkorama would they have been on probably like four or five okay. yeah, i remember cool. seeing their names start to appear in the fat records catalog frenzel rama no it was like frenzel rom arf arf f r e Z N E L, or that's wrong. R H O M B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would just see their name around, but this is kind of as I was getting out, and yeah. I'm assuming they probably, if they weren't fat records, they probably had the uh, very polished guitar, melodic. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, uh, oh, wasn't yeah, yeah. is Budgie from uh, Australia? No, the seven- Budgie were from England. Budgie were from yeah, England. I don't think so. But the guitarist Lindsay McDougall from Frenzel is now a really popular radio DJ on Triple J. Oh, he's like a he's you know Triple very, J is in it's Australia? like the indie station, but it's a national it's the station. K Rock. Oh, yeah. 
Well, I mean, there's only one. Every okay. city's got their, uh, you know, like local stations or right. whatever. But um, Sydney's always kind of... Sydney's got some... Uh, Sydney never had one. Melbourne always had like, you know, like their second station, Triple R, was always a, quite popular in Melbourne. Right. But you could only get it in Melbourne. Yeah. And then they had another one after that. And Sydney's... Yeah, Sydney was never like that <laughs> cool. <laughs> right. But... um. Everyone's got their indie stations, but yeah, Triple J is the one that if you're going to do anything, you need to be on that really. Like, yeah. Friends all right. And, and now uh, Lindsay is like a presenter on that. On Look that. at He's this. a very funny guy. Well, we might have to dedicate this episode to Friends all right. Yeah, and, and, and We Are Scientists, we went, I went and played in Australia with We Are Scientists and we went on his show. Oh, <laughs> all comes full yeah, circle. Yeah. So well, just, know. Know who this just to, to back up for a second, when, when, when uh, uh, Youth Group is playing the US on that last tour, like, what are, you, are you guys headlining? Like, what's we were the, doing our own tours by that stage but they weren't very you know they weren't big we're still playing pretty small clubs and were they kind of hit or miss in terms of like i mean uh, are I people going to show like up Shubers. we had a really good show on that okay. tour at Shubers, mm-hmm. you know and yeah very hit and miss like yeah. we i mean there were cities that we always did decent in like we played a lot in la because of epitaph yeah. sure seattle was always really good always played the crocodile there yep. we played spaceland probably more than any venue in the yep. world yeah because i don't know we just it's, it's just it's interesting because it's it's along with a band like we are scientists we and panthers and oxford we were all kind of playing the same places in the states yeah at oh, least man, we would have killed to play with like oxford collapse or something and we were just like why aren't we getting like <laughs> right. paired up with bands that we yeah. like i mean right. yeah. it just never happened that was another that's how i felt bear. about most bands we like, played with yeah too. i was like how is anyone gonna find out who we are you know yeah right well there was the death cab stuff but you know and that helped a lot but you know the, they had already kind of transcended they can't take like, us on tour forever right. yeah <laughs> well who yeah. were you like and playing yeah with? that was the plans tour so they were already getting pretty yeah. massive who like who were you playing with at like Spaceland all those like say that last uh, youth we group did a tour. lot of our own shows and just LA bands that mm-hmm. we played with a few times Gliss and Oslo just friends uh, bands that we'd made friends with you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. Um, I don't know yeah we eventually started selling it out I suppose right. but yeah it wasn't like I mean we did uh, when we first moved, moved here, we were going to move here and like give it a real good shot, you know. And then like the Australian dollar fell apart, and our budget fell to pieces, and then right. World's Fair was having problems, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it got it just got tough. And then the other guys ended up just being like, oh, you know, I got kids and stuff, like, and they yeah. just went back. Right. And I and I and I stayed. Yeah. Um, um, at that time, we were doing residencies in. We did a month of like I can't remember what nights they were now. Sundays was a uh, TT the Bears. Ugh. Hey. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, in Boston, and yeah. we did pianos, and we did one in Philly as well. Like you know, so you did every like week that. for a month. Yeah, yeah. And in and a couple of months, we'd go up to Canada and stuff yeah. like that. Right. But um, TT's kind of me nuts. Sundays at TT's was pretty rough. The yeah. pianos ones were awesome. I mean, yeah. New York was always okay. Right. You know, be what expected to be. Yeah. I guess. Right. What are you doing over so the, here? So this was your, so it's just it's amazing. Seems like it's even better now though than it was like for what for Australian bands. It, like I don't know. I, like, that was quite a while ago as well. Is so. that band Yuck Australian? No, they're English. They're English, yeah, okay. Yeah. For the Australian... I still have Yeah, I guess, uh, like. No, I... But so, so it was... It's just... It's fascinating to me that, like, really massive success in your home country. And here... Are you still doing, like, vans? Like, well, that's the thing. Were you, were you... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, God, yeah, yeah you guys yeah, were... Yeah. No, yeah. Van in it. Oh, totally. You weren't showing yeah, up yeah. at Che Cafe in a bus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No, no. I mean, we would have we wouldn't have done that if we could have afforded it. Just right. you know, yeah, we needed to sort of save as much as we could. But uh, no, it was like you know, at you know when we when we started, like I said, when bands didn't get you know signed in America, and I was a huge indie rock fan. I subscribed to Magnet in Australia. We didn't uh-huh. you know, before the internet. Right. It was the yeah, only yeah. way you could get you know. So when we were touring here, you know, it was exciting for us, and like you know. It's it still felt like a huge chasm between the countries. It felt like a real achievement even getting here sure. and being able to tour and stuff. And it certainly helped in Australia because, you know, things picked up there when everyone was like, oh, they're signing America and they right. play over there all the time, you know. We it's, pay attention. it's not as impressive to people anymore, I don't think. Yeah. Know? But um, back then it really was. Yeah. And, and to us as well. So, yeah, even the crappy gigs were kind of like... You just like, yeah, they meant something. You it still was all go part home and the... say, "Hey, we played this show in Poughkeepsie." Yeah, right. and, <laughs> and you know what? I don't. Th- I don't think we we never played Poughkeepsie. Was it at the Chance? I can't even remember. It was a venue above another venue. That's Chance the main... Island. That was like where like the hardcore shows were in Poughkeepsie. Yeah, this band Dissolve was based out there <laughs> that I loved a lot growing up. <laughs> right, we right. we. It's funny because we rarely play, we never played Albany. 
Yeah. Um, we yeah. played Rochester, played Buffalo, Syracuse. Uh, yeah, but- we played Buffalo on that tour. And yeah. that was super grim as well. We uh, what just just no it uh, just, were all just uh, our yeah. shows with random. Was that at the Mohawk per chance? Yes, it was. Yeah. It that was. was the place. The Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We started a five week tour. Uh, it was a Vice tour, and it was us, Death from Above, nineteen seventy nine, mm-hmm. and Vietnam. Yeah. Uh, oh, just Vietnam shows up. <laughs> no one comes to show. Promoter cancels the show on us as we get there to start a five-week tour. Oh, yeah. Because Death From Above also called and said, oh, we were having van troubles. We can't get there. Right. And then the next day when we met up and they were like, oh, yeah, no, we just knew the show was going to suck. Yeah, so we just didn't that's go. That's like what we wanted. Really? So we started our tour with nothing. And then Vietnam went out and uh, did were- some great Grateful Dead covers. In a weird bar, and like ended up like smoking crack or something with like <laughs> oh some weird guy named Spider or something. But it was just like the beginning of this tour that was yeah. just like this is what it's gonna be. Yeah, and wait, this, is, this is before Death from Above had. <laughs> this was before they like had cachet. Really. Yeah, like, okay. you know we were supposed to be headlining. It was one of those tours. Uh, we were yeah. supposed to be headlining. Most of the ones in America, and that even that was like, you guys should probably be. And then, like, every time they'd be like, when we get to Canada, it's going to be a different story. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then it was. We got to the hotel, and the first thing we saw on the TV was an ad for the show we were playing <laughs> on Fuse. And I was just like, fuck, man, they are huge up Yeah, there. wow. Uh, and even then, they, yeah, and then they blew up to become yeah that but yeah i was just like i and i never played buffalo and i never played it again but it was at that place and it was just like yeah yeah. it's so funny that like there are those shows that i've played that i've never played with like the drums or we are scientists yeah yeah (laughs) yeah that's well let's let's talk about this goes to show how you know how much of a debacle the booking you know it's situation we were in was because it's like yeah yeah, I mean, so you you had an American booking agent. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. On, at the beginning, it was CAA because yeah, yeah, yeah but which was turned they're, out to be they're really insane. tapped into the underground. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, they did not care about us at yeah. all. Yeah. yeah, that's a, it's. I'm sure you felt like a. Did you feel like a small fish in a humongous ocean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I so, mean, they didn't even have their specialties is like. You know, actors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I, that's what I was like. I wasn't even sure that CA did. Yeah, it's like, yeah. So yeah. Well, exactly. We could we could put you on the show with Michael Douglas, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, opening yeah. for him while but he's then shooting. We got a movie. decent booking agent who's based out of Philly called Fata and mm-hmm. FATA, and then things re- that was really great. But yeah. then you know that was kind of so towards the end. Too little, too late, almost. Yeah. yeah. So you so you you stay in New York and you basically kind of start playing around or you know just playing drums. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, well, like I said, I was, like, just interested in hanging out, basically. I wasn't even thinking about it because, I mean, I don't know. It felt like a bit of a leap. You know, New York is, like, you know. I mean, we were just still, regardless of, you know, know, the experiences, it still felt like, eh, just Australian indie band. I don't know, you know. I was, like, I don't even, I wasn't even thinking about it. And then, you know, became friends with Keith. And then they needed someone to fill in for Andy, who had... Solo commitments or whatever. Yes, who was and in that? It was also it was in that huge band, well, Razor yeah, Light, exactly, in the yeah. UK. In the UK, and yeah. also drum moon. It was Razor Light and Moonlighting with We Are Scientists. Yeah, in totally. the states. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so yeah, so I came to fill in, and then ended up playing with him for a couple of years, and still play the odd show every now and then. And and actually, the fr- what, the first time we met was in at South by Southwest in like two thousand eight. I want to say, and you had. A page boy haircut and Lemmy and a Lemmy like ass <laughs> my and I was like very different look yeah I was yeah, just yeah. like I love this guy right off the bat I was like, <laughs> this kid's like, got the good yeah no he's, there's definitely there's a story here um, <laughs> yeah so uh, what I about was, from was, that was my look for a, a I mean I was a long haired guy for yeah. I only cut my hair short like last oh no it was probably two years ago it was the first time since high school wow oh well which was 20 i'm going to my 20 year reunion <laughs> next month in the street look at that well if you grow the page boy haircut back and the and the lemmy-esque well, they don't uh, even know me like like that. right they know me. are you really going to your 20 year reunion? i am yeah i wasn't gonna go but i have to go back to re- renew my visa and it's like uh-huh. the day okay. after i get back and it's right near my mother's house it feel i just feel like i should go do you go to any no i you know what this is funny because my 10 year reunion was uh, would have been 2007 
but it was actually canceled due to apathy. Oh, <laughs> like, really? yeah, I remember getting like a postcard in the mail about like the 10 year reunion. There was no follow up right. on it. And then apparently what they did in 2008, they combined the class of 97 and 98 had a joint right. reunion that I, I've never gone to any. Right. Any Wait, yeah, we, I think they almost, like, I think that the 10 year was at like a restaurant where like they had a five year one for us though. That like, I was just like, what's the point yeah, of that? And I wasn't going to go, but then like friends in high school kind of sucked me in. And right. I remember like, Oh, you went. Oh, I went. Oh yeah. I was wearing like a hardcore hoodie or something. <laughs> I, at one point, I legitimately had both of my fingers up in the air, giving the figure to everyone spitting around going, I hate you all. Yeah, yeah. I really don't know what it's going to be like, and I'm not friends with anyone yeah. right. from there. But uh, the friends that I do have from high school that are in Australia are not going. Yeah. And I met, I met a guy. A guy just looked me up on Facebook. Facebook has done wonders for this reunion because people, people are coming from everywhere. Like, you know, they're really, really into this. Yeah, there's a group. It's going to be... Well attended. See, I was going to say, I think in some ways Facebook has added to, the, or at least given the possibility for the apathy actually right. to increase. Because like I remember like when I first like got on Facebook, like there were a bunch of like random like high school people that contacted me. And I remember one, this girl who I was like kind of friends with, and she was like, we we're kind of just going back and forth on email. And there's supposed to be like a New York meetup, mm-hmm. and then she's like, oh, it's going to be so great to catch up with you. I mean, I guess we actually already kind of did over. <laughs> Facebook and like that re- that response made me like legitimately go like you know what I'm not going to go to this yeah, meetup because right. we did that was it you know it's yeah. the interesting thing and I don't know if this applied to both of you guys like my high school I grew up on Long Island I went to high school there and like there really was no like school spirit the mm-hmm. football team sucked like the cheerleaders like weren't good look like it wasn't like <laughs> like you know people nobody like ate in the cafeteria everybody right. brought lunch. like there wasn't this sense of like classic right. american right. high school type yeah, thing right. so i i never had, we had that one of the best football teams in the state see i could and understand my dad was the football coach oh, and wow. i hated oh. all of it so yeah. it was just right. like I, I was, yeah. didn't give a fuck about it, but Cheshire does have like a. But so there was like a the town loves football. Yeah, yeah. And so what's it the, was a little my, Friday night light yeah. scene. Yeah, my my school. I love Friday night. <laughs> yeah. Now my my school was a big rugby league school, mm-hmm. good sports school, all boys Catholic college, mm-hmm. and uh, I hated it at the time. Or you know, and have pretty crappy memories of it. But uh, but I'm just fascinated with. I mean, if I can always leave this reunion, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, I'm just keep telling yourself. Well, this that. one guy, yeah, no, I can always leave. But um, this this one guy from school came through New York with his wife recently and looked me up on Facebook, and then was just like, "Let's get together." I'd seen him like once in 20 years, right. and uh, I went and hung out with him, and it was great. It was actually really good, and he's turned out, you know, like a cool guy that I got along with really well. And then he's like, you know, I organized the ten year one. It was pretty good. I'd love to see you. <laughs> All right, so like, you have you have an in here. Right. And then on the ten year one, I was in Sydney and youth group were playing a show and I was getting calls all night from some of my old like little friends, like when uh-huh. I was really young. Right. Guy, and I was like, I, I would like to just I don't know, I'm just curiosity is gonna get the better yeah. of me. Yeah. And I just feel like because I'm in Australia anyway and I'm gonna be right near it, right. I will regret it, even if it sucks. Like it's there's going to be some really crappy elements to it. Yeah, no, like, but you as, I remember being though very excited. Again, it was I feel only like the if five anything, year. I'm walk away feeling pretty good about. That myself. was the thing. I felt like <laughs> in that, like come back to New York and just be like everyone had gotten fat and bald yeah. in five years. Yeah. yeah, they were all wearing the fucking blue shirt, like khakis outfit, yeah. <laughs> and like, and I was like, oh, my life's not. My life's pretty interesting. <laughs> like honestly, like. So uh, yeah, yeah. why don't you give us give us another worst kick maybe from the We Are Scientists or Drums well, days yeah. or more recent? Ones. I was thinking there's not that many drums ones. Uh, we had like well, are you are you drums f- ones? Are you a full fledged member of the band at this point? Are you kind I of mean, there? Yeah, I yeah. I get. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I have awkward. Next been, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a t- it's a tough answer because you know there's legalities involved in that. But I've been with the band for over two years now, okay. and I'm the drummer for sure. Yeah. So okay. I mean, God. As far as you're concerned. Yeah. <laughs> For the purposes of this webcast. As far as we're podcast. But that stuff is pretty much on the straight and narrow. Those guys don't really... Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that we played South by not last year, but the one before. Actually, the last one is the first one I haven't been to in like six to seven years or mm-hmm. something. Because mm-hmm. it was always like youth group. And then I went with We Are Scientists. And then right. with the drums. Yeah. But um, the drums played uh, Stubbs. And uh-huh. that was supposed to be our biggest show, and we were right after fun, 
and they oh, all yeah. blew up. Yeah. And uh, they had a huge crowd. And uh, one of their techs knocked over our keyboard rack and Ugh. sequencer and everything right before we walked on stage. And, uh, and it was a disaster of a show. But I mean... <sighs> We struggled through it. Yeah. And, you know, it was an annoying show, but yeah. that's the worst Technical that difficulties. shows have been. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But we're scientists. I don't know. Like, there's been, I mean, personally, it's funny <laughs> hearing like uh, Keith talk about shows and he was saying uh, usually when he expects a bad show, he'll set up in front of that. And I'm like, that's pretty much every show we played together. Right. Yeah. He's always pretty much setting up in front of the stage. <laughs> So I don't know if that says something about when I play with him, but yeah, uh, um, and I always enjoy those. It is a bit weird having him out there, but you know, I mean, just yeah. hang out. That's yeah. fine, you know. Yeah. And there's always people going like, you know, looking both <laughs> ways, looking back. They don't know which way to look. It's kind of right. but um, yeah. Um, there's and I always love playing with them. So the only shows really, there was one show that we played after Glastonbury where I'd had uh, drank a lot at Glastonbury. And I don't know if it was like the sun or if, you know, sometimes my body just shuts down. It's right. like, I don't even remember being that hungover, but I got sick and I'm, you know, for all intents and purposes were, you know, deathly <laughs> sick, whether it was a hangover or not. Uh-huh. The, the drinking definitely didn't help. But uh, it was a show at the Deaf Institute in Manchester and it was the last show of a tour. It's, it's like... With yeah, the Deaf Institute? That's what it's called, yeah. But they okay. get a lot of shows there. It's like... Is it actually... They stu- it's for Deaf... Are they deaf still in- doing Deaf Institute in there? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. I remember being told the story, but... I mean, Were there deaf people the in the audience? <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, you, know, you ever hear those stories about like, like a social yeah. club deaf that- people reacting to like Mozart yeah, right, and stuff? Right, yeah. right. <laughs> it may have started with that. You know, or maybe reacting was. Yeah, I wish the audience. I'm sorry for the li- for the listener. I just imitated a deaf person <laughs> reacting to classical music. For it the was first a time. wild ride. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. So, but anyway, it's, it's in in name only the Deaf Institute. <laughs> yeah. it, it's At a bar, point, okay. especially for the purposes of rock shows. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe it's like a little in joke or something. Right. You know. But, yeah. Because yeah. it's so loud. Okay. Yeah, yeah, got yeah. it. Got it. But um, it's Manchester. So you turn yeah. it up to eleven. Okay, we got it. Enough. But it was. It was like, yeah, it does have like a social club feel to it. And, you know, the dressing room had attached to it like like a bedroom with mm-hmm. like cots in it, you know, like a double bunk, like, you know. Cots, not cocks. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, like, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> a room of cocks yeah. that I slept Ooh. in. <laughs> no, but, um, but yeah, I was so sick. I just basically, we were on a bus on that tour and yeah, just sick the whole drive up there. Woke up just like, oh my God, you know, shaking and couldn't even keep water down. Basically, I just spent the whole day before this show lying on one of these like Ugh. bunk beds oh. with a fan on my face. Yeah. And Keith would come in every now and then check on me. I was be like, I couldn't even move. Like, I had to get up and do the sound check with a bucket there. Like, you know, <laughs> and it was, so, I was just like, I don't even know how I'm going to do this yeah. show, you know. <laughs> but it turned out that the show, I think, I don't know. Sometimes when I'm a bit tired, I can sort of race a bit, you yeah, know, right. tempo-wise. And um, because I was just so wrecked during that show, I remember afterwards, Keith going, that was actually really, really, even... <laughs> hey, the, that was, that was the speed metal version. So right. No one would have had Blast any beats. idea in the crowd, yeah. like, at all. Right. But, uh, it was, the, yeah, it was the toughest show that I've ever played. We, and yeah. in the middle of the show, it got like, yeah, it was like, yeah, crazy, we are signed to show, the bartender's like walking along the bar and comes up to the stage and is making us all do shots and I was like you don't understand I can't, I can't do it alright yeah, yeah. still did a shot yeah no we uh, Oxford Collapse definitely had a couple of shows where uh, our bass player was uh, incapacitated <laughs> literally up until the moment like lying a bit one of them was when we played like the Pitch, Pitchfork Festival uh, and like he's lying on like a cot or a pool table or something in the dressing room and up I had until the minutes and everything at that point. Too, yeah, so I mean, the bottom yeah. look. Yeah, it was <laughs> fantastic. It was <laughs> so, uh, so that was a tough one yeah. for me, but yeah. Um, you but know, you pulled it through. Consummate professional, I mean, as, as, as you said. And there was another We Are Scientists gig that I always think about where we were playing in Germany and the club was just rammed. Uh-huh. Un- unsafe amount of people uh-huh. in there. Like it was, I was waiting in the bus right up until after we played, and then walked in the club, and it took me like twenty minutes just to get to the stage because <laughs> it was like, like that. Yeah, right. And there was the only, you know, access was through the front. So if anything happened, we were the last to get out. Right. You know, the band was like <laughs> yeah. way in the back, yeah. and it was so hot in there. It was just unbelievable. 
And um, that show, I remember just playing like and just thinking, is this safe? Like my body, my core temperature right. just felt like it yeah. was. And our like roadie tech guy was uh, just had a like a sink with ice in it and just had these two towels and after oh, wow. every song he'd just put it over my head and I'd yeah. drum like that. And then like he'd replace it in between songs Oof. and then after the, I vomited after the show. I was vomiting <laughs> from the heat. Right. During the encore and Keith was like, what are you doing in there? Where are you going? <laughs> but but yeah. in that situation. That wasn't even fun for me. That yeah. was legitimately a yeah. horrible experience. But uh, yeah. Would you take your shirt off in that situation? I didn't. Good. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I didn't. I'm like very, like, just keep that fucker on, yeah, man. Yeah, like yeah. everyone, just keep it on. Yeah. And oh, was yeah. Just, I mean, yeah, except yeah. unless you're Matt Pike from High on Fire. Like, you immediately take yeah. your shirt well, off. Well, if anything, but. I was like completely drenched and I was liking the... Right. Cold water yeah. on my clothes. Exactly. <laughs> no, I, re- I, I I'm not I, a shirt off kind I, of guy. No, I, yeah. no, but yeah, nobody kind of playing any kind of derivative of indie rock music should be a shirt off kind no. of guy. But I remember. I think I've, I've I mentioned it before. We played a show in a in a in um a garage in. Uh, in Santa Barbara, California, and it was you know, like a packed, like the, literally the hottest. Oh. Uh, like a girl, some girl passed out, had to be like carried out, and yeah. we're dying. Like, um, and so I don't know. Have you ever had an experience, Jeff, where it's like, because it, it's really uncomfortable for One those who groups. don't know. One of youth groups first, like to Our play first in such festival heat. Show in Sydney was in this tent that was just like, yeah, and we had a pedal steel player at the time as like a large guy, beautiful guy, and um. He passed out from heat stroke and vomited and stuff after yeah. the show. It was like intense. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's really not like fun. Orchid was the wor- only because Orchid was like always like play on the floor. Yeah, no stage, but then also people loved to touch you and get close to the singer, push you out. There. So it's like those hot like we played like right. Louisiana. I remember yeah. playing like Shreveport in like an old abandoned warehouse, like factory a school or something. <laughs> And I remember the only fan was an, an exposed, I've said this before, but an exposed engine. <laughs> they were just, they had just like a fucking engine just going yeah. with like the, 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 the fan of the engine. The seven inch air. fan, yeah. And it was terrible. But yeah, Orchid was, and, but I mean, in a weird way, I also like, I don't like being, I like sweating way too much when I play. Like, to the point where I feel like I have to, like, sweat a lot. Right, yeah. right. Like, I'm, I don't like when there's a lot of air conditioning or fans or sure. any of that. Uh, I've gotten less of that. But Orchid, it was always, like, you just... Almost every show is yeah. a nightmare yeah. of people wanting to touch you and also... But the problem is, is when it's, like, there's no place... You can't get out of it. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, you're yeah, just, yeah, like, yeah. this... You just got to deal with it. Gas station yeah. in New Mexico? Yeah. Bad. <laughs> and that was, like, was like <laughs> fucking just hot. It was just, like, again, just hot. Man. <laughs> so, I, um, I would always end up, even with a fan on those We Are Scientists... To is like completely drenched. Right. And I have like a few different pairs of like changes of clothes. And then I would like dry them in the engine room of the bus before getting to the next show and, uh, and try and just like have one clean set of clothes that I would wear and then just put my disgusting, uh-huh. uh, probably these jeans actually, right. <laughs> back on just like from the night before. For the show. Gross, man. Yeah. yeah, just for the show. Yeah. yeah. Just like. I, I remember getting so much like, shit from, from the care. rest of Orchid, like because of, why you bring so many clothes, but yeah. like just because we're like in a punk band doesn't mean I can't bring a change yeah. of shirt, like because I know what the score is, but man. I, like I, it's hot. I did one tour where I would change into the same outfit, like, uh, outfit. Yeah. How, that, that's a punk word, outfit. Yes. <laughs> um, where I would change into the same clothes. Yeah, my, my um, uh, before we played, yeah, and right. within like two, it was just it was just disgusting. <laughs> but yeah. it did limit just. Like and people don't was, know they no. unless they're like Following. driving unless they're freaks and they're driving to every show you right. know like not freaks yeah just committed so wait so Danny no let me, freaks let, let me let me ask you this now unrelated you're a big basketball fan right I'm a huge basketball fan, so yeah. where does where does that come from I played in high school I mean I don't know I was part of my like um. I mean, I guess one of the reasons why I always wanted to move to the States and in particular New York was that, you know, I grew up obsessed with hip-hop and basketball. And where I, my drumming stuff came from was not from guitar music. I was against guitars in high mm-hmm. school and I had my, my flat top and my lines of my eyebrows and everything. My dad just found a whole bunch of negatives of photos from that era as well. Oh, wow. Which I can't wait to see yeah. when I go home. It's right. going to be amazing. But because uh, there's not much uh, record of, of the, that look. <laughs> that that era. It's, oh, it's incredible. But yeah, um, yeah, the drumming like inspiration was like 
discovering through my mum's records, like Isaac Hayes and stuff, these samples, and then yeah. I was like, wow, it's not like hip hop I'm into, really. I'm into when drumming. When you heard the funky you know? drummer. Yeah. yeah. The first yeah, time, yeah. like, wait well, a yeah, second, all that stuff, that's James every Brown single song. Yeah. Like, Soul music. Like, yeah, 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 well, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But Hot Buttered Soul by Isaac Hayes was a big moment for me. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing the Black Steel and the Hour of Chaos, like, yeah. piano sample yeah, yeah, yeah. in the middle of, you know, this 16-minute song. And just it blew my mind. Yeah. And I was just like, man, that's what I want to do. Yeah. yeah. That's how I felt when I watched 48 Hours the other day. And I realized that a sample from the Human Remains record was from there. <laughs> really? It's like 15 years after the, maybe the last yeah. time I listened to it, I'm sitting there and I'm just like, hey, who gives a fuck what you think? And I was like, <laughs> Human Remains. Oh, grindcore band. You know, it's funny because there's, there's that amazing website. I think it's called Who Sampled. Oh, right. And so basically you put in like whatever hip hop track. And I right. just did this with Positive K. I got a man because I really wanted to know what the horn sample oh, was, awesome. yeah, yeah, and yeah. it gives you like a link to the YouTube clip of that's like cool. you know uh, uh, what the, I think it's called like uh, something double honey or whatever was you know some track from 1980 <laughs> yeah, was the yeah, yeah. it's like ah oh, check this out and then I'll immediately rip an MP3 of it and just <laughs> go bopping down the street. So but it, so it sounds like there was kind of you uh, a love of American well yeah yeah culture and so I was to into, begin like, with. My favorite Public Enemy was massive for me. I was mm-hmm. obsessed and I still am a big. Public, mm-hmm. public enemy fan but like so that New York imagery and all that sort of stuff yeah and basketball I played obsessively like mm-hmm. in high school is it Every big day. in Australia basketball? it was then it was huge at okay. the time yeah in the 90s I mean the Bulls Jordan sure, was okay. big everywhere yeah. everyone was a Bulls fan you know yeah, yeah. but I always loved the Knicks as well I was like you know it was a good era for absolutely yeah 90s yeah Knicks. but um yeah yeah so like I played constantly and yeah coming over here and when I moved to New York, getting to go to Knicks games, even when they weren't very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now I feel like I'm a legitimate Knicks fan because I, I went to games, you know, <laughs> when they were when they were no good, and then yeah. they got you put the work in. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as yeah. as a big Public Enemy fan, will you like give a pass to anything that came out like since the He Got Game soundtrack? Yeah, well, that's funny. <laughs> I, like anything that's happened in the past fifteen years. Yeah, yeah. I I um. There are some individual songs that I've found, but you, uh, you'll give each record a listen. You'll give it a shot. So yes, like, well, yeah. you give just, concentration just, camp a listen actually, or just whatever that. <laughs> just lately, yeah, I've been sort of checking out because I saw one. I may have to look it up. There was some Public Enemy record that came out like within the past five years that had like the worst name of an album I'd ever heard. They got really punny. Didn't Field they? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was it was like uh, you know I don't know. But actually, using WhoSample.com, I found out because I my favorite Public Enemy song of all time is uh, by the time I get to Arizona. Right, right. And I always wanted to know what that bass sample right, was. Right. Yeah, and it's mm. this group Mandrill who was oh, like a right. 70s kind of funk. Oh, I remember format. Mandrill. Yeah, oh, wow. and, that, and that sample is amazing and the, of course the original track is also amazing. Right, so, right. Uh, Fantastic. This yeah. I mean, going I, out to Mandrill. Yeah. <laughs> I could still, you know, listen to Chuck D rap mm. My Hair Was On Fire. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, there, there haven't been that many songs that have really matched sure you know, the classic era. Are incredible well i, I was like actually just the other day i was watching on the channel palladia which oh, show yeah. they I show like to get way too yeah, much because they show all the festivals <laughs> and they yeah. showed yeah. Totally stuff they, yeah you know, they showed public enemy performing I, I guess at glastonbury this year oh really and chuck d was like looking great you yeah know, I, I, they were doing fight the power and people but, have kind of forgotten about flavors reality well, stuff yeah again. he's flavor flavor i was not present they had like oh. another guy off camera kind of doing yeah. the uh, yeah, there call and response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so listen, this is all good stuff. All good stuff. Yeah. So, Danny, uh, to bring this all full circle, right. you, we've got some really good worst gigs from you, some interesting stuff. Like, uh, you're our first Australian guest on the show, so we got Ooh. a lot of, uh, for the listener, Danny, just give a uh, fist thing. Fist pump. You're wearing a great Blue Oyster Cult. I've, I've been going yeah. through sort of a Blue Oyster Cult phase yep. at right. this point, and, I'm, and this record, uh, Imaginos or whatever. Strong Island. That's yeah. Public they are Island both, well. yeah. both yeah. from yeah. my hometown. Yeah. Um, I, I'm delving deep into the Blue Oyster Cult catalog, so we are on similar ground here. Yeah, yeah. Question that we ask all of our guests. What do you think of the word gig? Ah. Oh, what do I think of it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I used to have one of my bosses when I was an electrician was Irish and he used to call them jigs. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so that's the first thing that comes into my mind. How was your gig? How was your jig on the weekend, Danny? That sort of thing. Do you have a good jig? I'm like... You probably had a jig. <laughs> I did. I didn't have a jig. That's amazing. That is a uh, a that great. So I always kind Irish. of picture a jig when I think of 
that. But yeah. <laughs> Certainly not an answer we have heard. Before. No, that's right. So listen, you got all of this stuff happening. I mean, you're playing. So you're you're playing around. You're playing with the drums yeah, mostly. Yeah, but are you doing good. other stuff too? Like um, branching out? Kind of. I'm like I could be doing more. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe could I we should. All? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, next year is going to be very full with the drums, so I'm yeah. kind of reluctant to. I mean, I'm slowly but surely put my own stuff together as well, which I've been meaning to do forever, but I'm just not as motivated as I should be. Right. Yeah. Well, listen, um, you're going back to the motherland pretty I'm going soon. Back, you yeah. got this high school reunion. Just I'm to- sure there's going to be some shrimp on the Barbie. Jesus. <laughs> uh, we right? couldn't get through it. <laughs> some prawns and, in, the, yeah. in the kitchen. Listen, it's because you're traveling very far, all Jeff and I want to say I get home safe. <laughs> Worst gig ever. 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 Ever